This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS this morning. Local attorney John Day is here to help you this morning. And if you have any legal questions or any legal concerns, give us a shout. 615-893-1450. And when you use that number, you can talk or text. You are in control whichever direction you wish. 615-893-1450. 615-893-1450. John, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Great to have you with us on this beautiful sunny day. Glad to be here. And uh, I guess uh, the, the big thing still is uh, COVID and uh, things that it's doing to slow things down. Uh, are we still not having jury trials? Or are they f- Jury trials are off. Uh, the Tennessee Supreme Court issued an order uh, recently extending their ban on that type of activity through the end of February. Uh, the federal courts in Nashville uh, just did the same thing late yesterday afternoon and said no more jury trials until the end of February. So it, in... Uh, it wouldn't be fair to say that the the justice system has been put on hold. It hasn't. Uh, judges are still doing their their work, and court officers and all those people are still giving service. But the idea of uh, jury trials is has been largely gone now from Tennessee since uh, last March. Now, for somebody listening who has been involved in an auto accident or something, and sometimes those do have jury trials. What happens to those cases? Do the others that have been put on hold, do they all have to be tried first and then they get to yours? Or how does that work? Well, it sort of depends on your lawyer and the uh, lawyer for the uh, other side, the the driver that was uh, caused the wreck or has allegedly caused the wreck. There is not a requirement in Tennessee that older cases be taken care of, be tried before a jury before newer cases, but assuming that all the lawyers are doing their job, that's what would happen in the ordinary course, because there's only so many slots. Each judicial circuit in the state has sets aside so many days or weeks for jury trials in each courthouse, and those it's a finite number of days, and and there is no way that those days can accommodate all the people who would like to go to trial on those days. So there, there is a pecking order, and usually it's who gets there first. So theoretically, right, everybody would be pushing their case the same way, and the older cases would be resolved before the newer ones. But that's not necessarily true. It depends on lots of factors, including the willingness of the lawyers to actually push the case. So if the lawyers filed for those cases back when when the event happened, uh, they would be 
in place in a line waiting for the trials to open up again. Yes, but it, it's not quite that easy um, because, there, remember, there's lots of other cases trying to get into that same place. So it's suffice it to say this. There is a pipe through which all cases flow. Uh, the inside of the pipe is what's called the lumen, if we're dealing with a blood vessel. It's the lumen. It's, it's only of a certain size. When one end of the pipe is plugged, the other end has nothing coming out of it. That's where we are with regard to jury trials. And as the, the closed end of the pipe starts to open, there's going to be a lot of people scrambling to get through it. And how it sorts itself out, uh, it's a little hard to tell. Let me say this. We will still be, if, if COVID was resolved on June 30th, and by resolved I mean we had had enough people get ill and we'd have enough vaccines that we reached the theoretical herd immunity, if that happens by June 30th, we will still be feeling the effects of COVID on our judicial system in 2023. Wow. Yeah. So this is a reason to select a really good attorney who can help you get to the front of the line. Get Yes, and I would use the word front of the line. I don't mean inappropriately get you let to you the get front in of the line. line. <laughs> That's, yeah. To, uh, lawyers have some ability to control the progression of the case. And some people push harder than others. Um, so one thing you look for in a lawyer is a lawyer who is willing uh, and has the ability to work hard to move the case as quickly as reasonably possible, realizing that there's other lawyers out there competing for the same limited amount of court space, and also realizing that there's lawyers on the other side of the case who may not have a similar motivation. Now, how do you sort of discover which attorney does that? I mean, if if I'm sitting out there listening this morning on the radio and I'm thinking, I have this case and I'm feeling like I'm being left behind while everybody else moves ahead, uh, what do you do? What What can you do to determine you have the right attorney? If you've already made the decision on which lawyer you want to help you and you are dissatisfied for any reason, what I would tell you to do is send an email or make a telephone call to that lawyer or his or her assistant and set up a time to meet with them, either in person or over Zoom or whatever, and sit down and tell them uh, your concerns. I would not immediately go out and try to find another lawyer I wouldn't fire the. I, w- I would sit down and talk because uh, most lawyers uh, would appreciate the opportunity to explain to you exactly what's going on in the direction they think the case is moving in. If a lawyer's unwilling to meet with you, that's when you start looking for a different lawyer. But give that lawyer the opportunity to explain what's going on because, I mean, I've got clients right now. Who, well, I'll give you the classic example. I think I used this last time I was here. In October of 2019, we set a case for trial in October of 2020. That's how long we had to wait 
Now, the good news is we were thinking ahead, and we got on the on the list. They call it the docket. We got on the jury trial docket in this county uh, a year ahead of time. So we were ready to go in October 20. What happens in the meantime? The pandemic. It was obvious to us in August that that case, we weren't going to be able to have trials in October of 2020. And the judge moved us to October of 2021. Now, did we do a bad job? I think we did a great job because we got the earliest date we could each time. (laughs) It was quick as we could get it done. And we like to think that we adequately explained that to our client as it was happening. But if for some reason we hadn't, I would appreciate the opportunity to explain to the client, this is why it happened the way it did. Let me explain to you. Here's the correspondence back and forth with the judge and the other lawyers, how we try to pick these trial dates. Because as I said, only so many cases can get through that pipeline at a single time. Only There's only so many slots on the jury trial docket where you can actually have a trial. So you've got to work within the system. And I like to think that we know how to work within the system and work with other lawyers and prepare cases quickly. But there's only so many slots at the end of the day. Now, when you're looking at jury trials, uh, we're talking right now about automobile injury cases. But are you competing for the same slot for other jury trials that would be other topics like business jury trials or uh, other lawsuits that would require a jury trial. And in some counties, even criminal cases. So it's it's all the same situation. You're competing for the same slot. You're competing with judge time and courtroom time. So some judicial circuits, including this one, uh, have judges who are dedicated to criminal cases and also different judges who are dedicated to civil cases, that is, disputes like car wrecks and breaches of contract and divorce and things like that. In this county, we are not competing for a judge who might be hearing a criminal case. But that's not true, for instance, in the Upper Cumberland, in Cookville and all the way down there, there's seven counties in that district. Those judges may be hearing criminal cases in the morning and civil cases in the afternoon. So we're competing there for a limited number of trial dates, which may be civil or criminal. Let's take a phone call. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Attorney John Day. How are you today? Can I change the subject just for a second? Can you? Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, since I'm a little, little bit older and senior citizen. Okay. So we'll, we'll... Let me tell you what I got a problem with. Okay. Rutherford County. But uh, be sure it's dealing with uh, legal terms. Yes, sir. Okay. You know when you get a certain age, you have to park a certain place, you get a thing called a parking sticker? Yes, sir. Handicap. Yes, sir. Oh, let me tell you the fun we've been having. <laughs> Since I'm handicapped, right? I had to get one of those stickers. But you know what? Trying to trap down one of those stickers is just like trying to find a rabbit down I-24 in the middle of the road. Sir, I went to Laverne. That line was just triple as far as you could see. I went to Smyrna on that what used to be called Albays. The line was triple, triple, triple around the building. I went to a town where I live in called Mothersburg, Tennessee. The, the line was triple, triple, triple around the building, down in the hill, down the road. Guess what? 
day before yesterday, I went uptown called Mumsboro, went in the building, there were 10 ladies behind each window, and there was 10 people, one person at each window. Can somebody explain that to me? Only 10 people on the inside of the building. Well, I, I can't explain that to you, but I can make a general comment about all that. That it may light up the radios here, and, and, and uh, but let me go ahead and say it anyway. In Tennessee, we have a lot of people who are concerned about taxes and concerned about big government. And so we are fortunate, you know, we don't have an income tax Believe it or not, if you look around the nation, our property taxes are relatively low. Our sales taxes are relatively high. And through a combination of those things and others, we fund our government. But our government can only spend the money which it gets. And because, uh, and, and so our government services are affected by the budget that they're given. So we are getting the government we're paying for. <laughs> Let me give you a classic example. In Tennessee right now, if, uh, heaven forbid, you're in an automobile wreck and, and you lose your life and you end up with an autopsy, those autopsy results may not come out for six months. Or if the person who ran into your car uh, was given a blood test and the blood test had to go to the state medical lab, and you were trying to figure out if they're a drunk driver, you may not get that for two, three, or four months. So we are getting the government we pay for. <laughs> and, and if, as we continue to cut off or li limit the funds to government, we're going to have, to have longer delays in services. So I can't, I don't know, I'm blessed in that I don't have to worry about a handicap sticker, even though I'm a senior citizen myself. I'm fortunate. I don't know the exact nature of your problem, but it doesn't surprise me that there are lines that people have to wait in to get government service. I think you have to just go back to the days. Remember when you waited in line to get, say, a, a Jimi Hendrix concert ticket, and you, you'd get there at uh, 3 the afternoon before and spend the night there with a tent. Bring a tent the next time. <laughs> you ain't, you ain't fair, boy. <laughs> I'm going to say I might get you. My dream, right? Just spend the night there. Y'all have a good day. Take care. Take bye care, bye. Right. Our phone number, see, we'll solve anything this morning. 615-893-1450. Now, I, I would think we were talking earlier about uh, getting the right attorney. And if you're getting the right attorney... Uh, if you get the right attorney, you need to do that in a way probably of, of having the right questions. We're going to check on the traffic and weather, and when we come back, we're going to put together some ideas on what questions should you be asking that attorney, uh, or what answers should you be giving that attorney. Maybe both of those will be right back. Stay with us. The GNS and our call stands for Good Neighbor Station. That's been our objective since 1947. WTNS, AM, FM, and online. Schedule online anytime. 
Getting an appointment with Ascension Care Teams at St. Thomas just got easier with online scheduling. Now you don't have to break away from your day to book the care you need when and where you need it. No matter where you are or what you're up to, whether you're a new patient or if you've been here before, just pick the appointment that works for you. Schedule online anytime at GetSTHealthCare.com. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. I'm always one of those that goes on and off diets. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. And, you know, Demas is one of the things that I started doing because of my own eating habits is, is we have a low-calorie menu and a low-carb menu. So depending on whatever diet that you like, we have options for you that are available at Demas's. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. If you could use a little more tranquility in your life, and let's be honest, after the last year we all could, then consider a home aquarium. Multiple studies have shown that aquariums reduce stress, elevate mood, and lower blood pressure. Here at Animal City, we have all the supplies and knowledge needed to create your own aquatic oasis. This is Amanda at Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family. We are happy to put our 30 years of pet experience to work for you. 919 Northwest Broad Street, Traffic's still moving right now, 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area towards Nashville. Earlier, it was really slow go up through there, headed towards Nashville. Uh, 41's pretty busy out here at times between Laverne and Smyrna, just busy where you would expect this time of the morning. Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies is hosting Sleep of the Sharks March 27th. All the details at ripleysaquariumofthesmokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck, you're on time traffic. Skies become mostly sunnier this afternoon with a high into the mid-50s. Southwest winds at 5 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 32. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County but will always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. If you want to talk sports, you want to talk local, you want to talk with Monty Hill Jr. and Tim Tackett, it's all sports talk. Weekdays at 5 on WGNS. Welcome back. Our phone number, if you want to join us, 615-893-1450. John Day is with us, local attorney, and he is answering your questions on legal issues. John, let's uh, let's sort of get some ideas on preparing questions. Uh, let's say you're looking for an attorney to help you with uh, an injury case, and you're hoping to go to trial. To Do people want to go to trial? Is that the preferred route to go? 
Some people do and some people don't, quite frankly. I would say most people would just as soon avoid a trial, what they communicate to me. Uh, you know, they want to be treated fairly, but they don't. They also believe there's a premium on getting things resolved quickly and avoiding the hassle of a trial. So it's, I would say, other things being equal, most people prefer a settlement if it's a reasonable settlement. Now, are there advantages of one direction or another or advantages of having a trial or advantages of not having a trial well it depends i mean if uh, if you are offered a reasonable settlement proposal um, then it makes no sense to go forward with the trial and take the risk of uh, uncertainty right tennessee is a little bit different than most states in tennessee we have 12 jurors. In other states, they may have six or eight. But you, we also require what's called a unanimous verdict. That is, all people, all 12 people have to agree. Uh, if one person disagrees, you can have what's called a hung jury. That is, the case is what we call mistried, and you have to do it over again. What happens more frequently is that one juror will drive down the results. So I I tried a case in Columbia 10 years ago where the jury wanted to give me $4 million, 11 of them. One wanted to give me $250,000. They compromised at $1.25 million. So, you know, in one way the system worked, but if that same case had been tried in, say, Mississippi, where I believe... You could have a 10-2 jury. My client would have got three times more money. So so the, 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 the risk is, or I point that out to say, the risk is that by going to a jury trial, you always take the risk that one or two or more jurors may have bad feelings about your case for whatever reason and could impact the result. Okay. So uh, that's, that's just... So in Tennessee, with 12 jurors, it's more difficult to come up with uh, everyone agreeing. Yes. I mean, it's it, it, there's historic reasons why we do it the way we do it. But yes, just think of, it's basically common sense, right? It's easier to get six people to agree on something than it is 12. It's easier to get 10 uh, than it, uh, to agree than it is 12. When you have 12 people in a room... Uh, I'm still convinced that you come up with the right result, uh, but that result may be impacted by the feelings of one or two strong jurors. Now, you see shows on television like Bull. Do they really have people who do those types of studies, uh, have simulated trials and try to figure out what the jurors might be thinking so you can get the right jurors on the case sounds like bull to me no <laughs> no they <laughs> they do yes they do. Well, this yeah. is real then oh yes we uh i did my first mock jury trial uh back in the early 1990s and i've done dozens and dozens and dozens of what we call focus groups trying to figure out how members of the community would feel about a certain set of facts and we've we've done we've done it all different ways sometimes we will just have a group of people sit down and do a presentation uh, 
sometimes we will not do a presentation, but we'll just let them ask us questions and see what they're interested in and where those questions go. Uh, sometimes we've even hired other lawyers to play the other side. So we've done a v- large variety of things over the years trying to get the community sense of how they respond to uh, situations, given set of facts. So, yes, it does happen all the time. In fact, I even hired a psychologist one time to give me tips on how to make a presentation to a particular judge. I had never appeared in front of this judge before. The judge was going to be the person who tried the case. And I hired a consultant to sit in and watch this judge in action to get his input on how to, what kind of language to use to motivate this judge. And so did it work? It did work. And because this person was trained and he picked up on things that I would not have picked up on. And he said, with this particular judge, you need to use these kinds of words. And he gave me words to stress during the trial of this case. And so this is not illegal, unethical, anything. This is just preparation. Uh, And this particular case merited that type of extraordinary effort. And yes, it did work. And I... It, it, it resulted in a very significant win for my client. Um, it was 25 times more than we were offered at trial. Before so trial. It, it really is important to get the right attorney who's motivated in the right direction. And who stays up to date on the latest methods to figure out how people think and to uh, use words and tactics that will help motivate those people to action. Jury pool today is much different than it was 35 years ago. How it's, is that? How is it different? Oh, this may cause the phone to ring. I think there's less compassion for other people today than there was 30 years ago. I think there's a little less empathy than there was 30 years ago. I think there's still the same level of compassion for people that we know. But for people we don't know, I think there's a higher index of suspicion. And uh, I think you see that reflected in conversations um, you have on the street or you overhear at the mall in conversations that take place in jury rooms. Now, from the standpoint of people who do what I do, and that is represent people who've been hurt in wrecks or uh, are victims of malpractice or whatever, it's harder to persuade a jury to do what we think the right thing is. I mean, obviously, there's two sides to every story, but I think it's harder now than it's ever been. Uh, we have a text here from a listener who says they had served in a, on a jury trial recently, and they noticed that uh, just talking with the people sitting in the room around them who were waiting to be selected, uh, that most of the people were older persons uh, who were very much involved in the community. Uh, are they trying to get a cross-section, or how do they do this? Well, different counties do it different ways. A lot of people re- uh, rely on the driver's license uh, 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 
registrations of the number of people who have driver's license in the community. Some rely on voter registration. Uh, others rely on both. It's it's really done on a county-by-county county basis. So it it wouldn't surprise me that there were people who were active in the community who show up for jury duty, uh, uh, and there may be an unrepresentative sample because people who weren't active that it was were just didn't show up that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But there is no effort to get that type of person there. People are called from all walks of life based on whether they're in a voter registration list or on a driver's license list or something like that. But now the attorney chooses the jury, don't they? Well, the attorneys participate in the jury selection process. So to make a long story short, and it's done literally different judges do it different ways. Hmm. But there are a number of people who are called to the courthouse on a given day. Let's say there's 60 and you're trying to pick one jury of 12 people. So they'll call 60, maybe 50 show up uh, for whatever reason, 10 don't show up. And then a certain number of them are called before the judge. In some counties, all 50 of them would be called before the judge in the courtroom. The judge would ask preliminary questions. And then the lawyers get to ask questions. And there is a process of adding people to the jury box, the 12 people, and plus a couple alternate jurors, or asking them to be eliminated from the case. People can be eliminated for two reasons, assuming that they're qualified. That is, they're over 18 and they're a resident of the county for at least one year. Um, They can be eliminated because they have a case pending in the court, because they're a relative of one of the parties, maybe they're a relative of uh, one of the witnesses in the case, maybe they're a client of one of the lawyers in the case. All of those types of things have people eliminated. And then there are people who are eliminated, we call four cause, four cause. And four cause jurors are eliminated because they have expressed an a predetermined outcome or some sort of bias or prejudice about the facts of that particular case or somebody who's involved in it. So, for instance, if a person is charged with drunk driving, uh, the defense lawyer will want to know whether anybody on that jury panel, that pool of people, has ever uh, been hit by a drunk driver. And the person who raises their hand and says, my sister was killed by a drunk driver, is likely to have pretty strong feelings about people who are driving while drunk or alleged to have been driving by drunk. That person may be excused for cause, that their feelings are so strong on it. And there's a bunch of follow-up questions that the lawyer would ask or the judge would ask. They may be excused for cause. If that person was not excused for cause, the lawyer could still eliminate that juror on what's called a preemptory, preemptory, funny word, challenge. And each lawyer gets so many uh, preemptory challenges that they can utilize to get people off of the final 12 for whatever reason they want other than race, gender, national origin, religion, that sort of thing. Now... As a person who is preparing, it's it's their case that uh, they're looking at a lawyer and wanting to be sure they 
lawyer uh, has all the information that they need to represent them well, uh, should they prepare a, a list of facts and thoughts to give to the attorney in advance? They should, if they can, gather up certain information that that lawyer is going to need to know to determine if he or she can help. So uh, people are nervous about this because many people uh, have never called a lawyer before or maybe they called one one time and didn't have a pleasant experience. Uh, Everybody worries about what it's going to cost. So they may be hesitant to call or... If they are, they're they're not fully prepared to do it, and it may be less than a satisfying experience. So what I suggest to people, uh, number one, if they're trying to hire an injury lawyer or represent their family in a, in a case where a family member has been killed, the first thing they need to do is set aside that fear of making the phone call, if they can. Uh, Because, number one, it's not going to cost anything. That is, the people who do that type of work regularly, like myself, we don't charge for that phone call. We don't charge for that initial meeting. Uh, We get information and and then set up a time to meet again or whatever various courses of action can take. But we don't charge for it. So don't worry that, geez, I'm... um, I'm, I've been in Iraq. I've been uh, home. I uh, was in the hospital for two days, and I've been home for three weeks. And now I need to talk with a lawyer, but I don't have any money because I haven't had any money coming in. And what's it going to cost me? And do I have to have a credit card and all that? Don't worry about that. Most lawyers will not charge. But here's the information that you need to have ready. If it's a car wreck, for example, you were probably given a police report number. So... Each law enforcement agency um, has a database of accident reports, crash reports that they prepare after each crash. It takes three days, four days, six days. It depends uh, for a preliminary report, which is sometimes the final report. Sometimes, usually it's only one to actually be available to the general public, but it's given a report number. So if you're physically able at the scene, the officer will give you a little card, a business card, or a little slip of paper that says uh, Rutherford County Sheriff's Department, crash report number such and such. It'll be a six or eight digit number. It is important to have that handy. And so far as our office is concerned, we don't ask that people go out and get that themselves. We go to the expense because it costs usually $8.00 to get it. We'll go out and get it, but it saves a lot of time if you have that crash report number ready. Uh, It's helpful to know who you believe caused the wreck. That is, do you know the name of the other driver? Some people do. Many do not because they haven't got the crash report yet and they were hurt too badly to figure that stuff out. But if you do know the name of the other driver, it's helpful to have that handy. Why? Because the lawyer you're talking to will want to look through their records to see if there's some reason they can't bring a claim or a lawsuit against that person. So, for instance, I've represented thousands of people in Middle Tennessee. I don't remember all of their names off the top of my head. Give me a name and a couple facts and I'll remember. But just off the top of my head, I can't give you a client list of people I've helped over the last 39 years. But 
I would not want to bring a lawsuit against somebody who I had recently represented and certainly against somebody that I was representing right now. So I'd like I'd like to know that as soon as possible so I can do what lawyers call a conflict check. That is, do is there some conflict of interest that would prohibit me from getting involved in this new matter that I've just been called about? So if you know who you think caused this incident, then it would be helpful to have uh, that information ready. So uh, really, when you're involved in an accident or something of that sort, Get as much information uh, prior to waiting for that police report. You're going to probably talk to the person that you feel ran into you or caused the accident. Uh, it's okay to say, hey, can, can I see your driver's license and your insurance card? And when they show it to you, take your cell phone out and take a picture of it. Right. That way you have the information. Yeah, although I will say this, a lot of people are intimidated to ask that question because they don't want to appear to be adversarial. And some people react to it very badly, you know, particularly if the other person has been drinking or something. You know, so I, I can't tell you how many times people call me and say, uh, that jerk ran a red light and hit me and didn't even get out of his car. He wouldn't even walk over to see how I was. Well, in those circumstances, you're not going to get a chance to photograph their driver's license so the way i would i would handle that is this if you if you have the opportunity to talk to the other driver and feel comfortable getting that information then you should give it get it and give yours exchange the information there's no harm in that it doesn't mean you're admitting you did anything wrong if you don't feel comfortable doing it then don't do it and once again, many, many people can't do it because they're unconscious or they're quickly whisked away by the ambulance or something like that. So will the police help you get that information? Or the police will get the information. The police will get it when they show up. You know, so of course, we have hit and run racks all the time. But yes, the police will get the police report at the end of the day that comes out, as I said, three, four, five, six days later, will have the name of the drivers involved the address of the drivers involved, who the insurance company, if they can find proof of insurance, who the insurance company is, and who the owner of the vehicle is. All that information will be gathered by the police. Tell you what let's do. Let's pause, check on the traffic and weather, and we'll be right back. And if you have a question, we're getting some uh, interesting text messages in right now, trying to figure out how we can work these into the questions. Our phone number is 615 615- 893-1450. We're going to continue the conversation with local attorney John Day as you prepare to go to trial or try to resolve that hit and run or accident in which you were involved. Sometimes you got to wonder, is there anybody in town Truman Jones doesn't know? Truman Jones is on weekday mornings at 9 on WGNS. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Come see us for all your gift needs. We have a wide selection of items for any unique gift. Also, if you have feathered friends or furry friends, we have what you need. And if you're needing some clothing, come check out our Carhartt. The Co-op Farm and Home Center is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. And you don't have to be a member to shop with us. 
Come on over to the Co-op Farm and Home Center and say hi to Tina Fox. For 80 years, Roscoe Brown has been the trusted name in heating, cooling, and plumbing for Middle Tennessee homeowners and businesses. Throughout the years, our number one goal has been to accurately assess your HVAC and plumbing systems. With four locations in Middle Tennessee, we provide 24-7 assistance by calling 1-888-MY-ROSCOE. Turn to the experts at Carrier and Roscoe Brown. People you know, a name you trust. RoscoeBrown.com. Roscoe Brown. RoscoeBrown.com. Traffic still moving right now, 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area towards Nashville. Earlier, it was really slow go up through there, headed towards Nashville. Uh, 41 is pretty busy out here at times between Laverne and Smyrna. Just busy where you would expect this time of the morning. Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies is hosting Sleep with the Sharks March 27th. All the details at Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Skies become mostly sunnier this afternoon with a high into the mid-50s. Southwest winds at 5 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 32. This is Jeff Graham with Tire World. I want to invite you to visit our new off-road department at our Memorial Boulevard location, featuring lift kits, leveling kits, light bars, as well as wheel and tire packages. Just come by and ask for Gator for all your off-road needs. That's Tire World on Memorial Boulevard. Good Neighbor Talk covers issues you won't hear anywhere else. They're local issues. WGNS, AM, AM, FM, FM, online. Welcome back. John Day is with us this morning, and if you have a final question that you really need answered, uh, get it to us quickly, 615-893-1450. We're getting a lot of questions in about the types of questions to prepare. How do you know what things you need to put down on a list Uh, as far as what are the most important facts that you need to relay to the attorney? It's helpful to to be able to give the uh, attorney who's going to help you with a personal injury case a list of the medical treatment that you receive for your injuries. You know, there's often an ambulance, there's an emergency room, there may be a family doctor visit or a visit to an orthopedic surgeon, there may be physical therapy, uh, and it's helpful to the lawyer to have a list of those people and at least their phone numbers, maybe you don't have the whole address, but at least their phone numbers, because the lawyer is going to have to obtain the medical records and medical bills from each one of those health care providers to determine, number one, can they relate the injuries to the crash itself as opposed to something else, and number two, the nature and extent of treatment. So it's helpful to have that information readily available. It's also helpful to have information available about your prior medical history. So here's, here's the issue. If, you, uh, if you've had a, a car wreck two years before the car wreck you're calling about and had a sore neck for several weeks after, the wreck, uh, after, the, uh, after that earlier wreck, and then you're hit two years later and you have a broken arm, what happened with your neck isn't particularly important because it's two different body parts, right? But if you injure your neck a second time, 
two years apart, it's really, really important for that lawyer to know that you had that prior injury so that he or she can work with the doctors to figure out what's related to the second wreck and what's related to the first. So I had a situation just the other day. I was on the phone with somebody on Monday. They had been in two wrecks in 11 months, both rear-end collisions, both at high speed. You can see the potential for problem there. The insurance company for the at-fault driver in both cases was going to blame the other one for the harm, right? And as a lawyer representing that gentleman, you have to be very, very careful that you don't try to claim something that's, in fact, related to the other wreck. You don't want to cheat, right? Right. So you've got to get both medical records and then work with the doctor so that they can explain what injury is related to what wreck. And a lot of people, particularly people over 40, have trouble understanding. This is why I say people over 40. You know, Bart, when you turned 40, your warranty wore out, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> I may have worn off earlier. Well, I, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Mine was a little earlier, too. Depends on the way we live, right? But, but no, we've all had aches and pains over the years, and it is important when you have particularly a neck or back injury or shoulder injury, that that lawyer know any history that you've had of prior complaints to that neck, back, or shoulder so that he or she can make sure that you're fully candid about what happened in the past. Mm -hmm. And you can distinguish between what was then and what is now. So that history of prior medical treatment is really important. We only have about a minute left in the program, but we have an interesting question here. Can you use a dash cam, a camera on the dashboard? Yes. Uh, there's, uh, In fact, there's a recent case out of Florida that just decided two weeks ago that talked about that very issue. And yes, a dash cam, evidence from the dash cam, is admissible in court. We now, have, does this just run all the time? Or how does the dash... I'm not familiar with those. Well, uh, a lot of them... You can turn them on or off, but a lot of them do run all the time, and then they overwrite themselves from time to time. But yes, I recently wrapped up a, a tractor-trailer wreck case where my client was rear-ended uh, by a tractor-trailer, and the tractor-trailer driver had a dash cam on, and we could see on video that he did not hit the brakes until one second before a crash and he hit her car at 58 miles an hour mm -hmm. and it wow. was all caught on the camera so on his camera on his camera that is correct so he had the evidence against himself he had the evidence against himself yeah but it's also evidence that can be used to help you right and that that was the case in florida where uh the the dash cam evidence was used to exonerate the driver of any wrongdoing. So there is pros and cons to having a dash cam, but yes, it is admissible into evidence if you lay what lawyers call the proper foundation. That is, there's a proper way to get evidence admitted in a court. Good lawyers know how to do that, and uh, that information can be very, very helpful. 
Local attorney John Day has been our guest this morning. A really eye-opening broadcast. John, thank you for joining us. Oh, glad to be here, Bart. John Day, right here in town, over on Medical Center Parkway. Hey, have a super rest of the day. Truman is next on your good neighbor station, WGNS Murfreesboro.